0: Oh, what happened? I have no idea. Come on now.
1: Dude, this is episode 76.
0: 77. It's your intro. This is 77. It's your intro. This is 77? This is 77. I'm not re-recording this. You're going to own this. This is going live just like this.
1: <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, golly. It's
0: 77. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode. Oh, you the buzzer and the trombone. All right. Go ahead. Um, Of the Refactored Podcast. Living it. (laughs) The the show where apparently we suck
1: more this week than we did last. My name is Chris Tonkinson. And my name is Frank Paul. And what's
0: this we stuff? No. Your name is all over this, my friend. No, 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 no. Not this we (laughs)
1: suck stuff. No. No, no. oh man and that this episode is episode 77 mm-hmm. recorded recorded on august 5th 2022
0: hey, you got the date right holy crap you got the date right. i got Good one job. thing got right one i'm thing out right. that's it <laughs> <And> say, okay <laughs> thanks everybody we're done we'll see you later roll the roll <laughs> the tape roll, roll
1: us out that's right roll us out. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And here I am. I'm going to be with my hands out. Do you know that we are now, we talked about it maybe a week or two ago, I think. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. are now partially, I will say. I don't know if partially or fully is the right way to say it. Mm-hmm. But we now include uh, items from the podcasting 2.0 spec mm-hmm. in our feed. Very um, cool. So author block and value block and all sorts of stuff. Uh, so if anybody's interested in any of that tech we talked about, what, last week of the week? Last before, week. Um, uh, we've now got a little bit of that in our feet. Now things like we don't prepare show notes, so like chapters don't make sense for us because no. it's just a conversation. It doesn't yeah. um but like the value for value streaming, we have that set up now on the Bitcoin Lightning Network. So that's kind of cool. Uh so if you're at uh newpodcastapps.com, you can grab a, a podcast player that'll uh participate in the value streaming, which is kind of cool. We do a split with the the podcast index. They get mm. like one or two percent. Um so that's pretty cool. That was a change we made. It was actually fairly easy to do and set up um, because it's just XML. Like it's not, uh, it's not that, it's not supposed to be complicated. Just, yeah.
0: yeah. Oh,
1: I like it. What yeah. upgrade. It's like a new, it's like a, an alternate augment sound.
0: I like yeah. it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm constantly adding stuff because, you know, when I when I game in the evenings, as you know, um, I use the same setup. Yes. Yeah, so as you, I mean, you game as I have in to. the in the evenings. Stop, okay, stop. <laughs> I have actually been, I have delightfully been having had my head in some code lately, which has been a lot of. Oh, fun. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, it's I, I, you know, you. I enjoy the management side of it, the business side of it. It's nice to have a piece of my day sometimes in a piece of code. I'm I'm solving, uh, you know, some some heady stuff. I, I I'm teaching myself about uh, JavaScript import maps which is supposed to be the ultimate solution that will finally get rid of all of these massive builder compiler amalgamations that have Mm -hmm. cropped up in the JavaScript ecosystem. You have things like Yarn and Gulp and Webpack and um, uh, CommonJS.
1: Yeah, I'm not familiar with this.
0: Yeah, so import maps. The idea is to, um, rather than... uh, running at, uh, at build time for production a, 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 a fix-up script effectively that takes, okay, all your libraries, smash them all together into one file mm-hmm. so that you have, you know, minimal amount of stuff, right? right. Um, the browser extensions have, have uh, improved so that they actually will directly and natively support the import command, which is part of ES6, and so import and export allow you to um, push and, and then uh, receive modules from different libraries. And so you might have a file called, say, utilities. And it could be a suite of variables and, you know, config hashes and functions mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And you would export all of that. You would have export commands in there. And then in whatever right. files you need, you would import just the thing you need from that file. That that workflow has existed for a lot of years. And what has happened with a lot of the, the builders coming out of Node.js and things like that is they would follow these import-export commands and then they would actually just pull it in at build time and keep a copy of it in the file that you were running. So you weren't actually natively using the import and export functionality. It was just making copies of this stuff when it, at build time. Well, now the browsers can support all this import and export stuff. And so now you don't need to import um like whole libraries from third party libraries mm-hmm. and that's where the import maps really come into play so i could say um one one common thing you'll see you know in uh, in a react app uh import star as react from quote right. react right okay mm-hmm. and what was what's happening on the back end there is the system knows to look for a, fo- a folder called React under node yeah. modules, right? Okay, import maps, same idea, but instead of understanding, okay, I got to look in the node module directory, I have this, this declaration of import maps that says that the string React corresponds to this URL at this CDN, and it's just going to pull mm. in the entire thing. And so you actually you no longer have to do that build compile step you the stuff you write in development and the stuff that you load in development is the same stuff and the same process that you run in production it's really really cool and it eliminates a ton of javascript build craft that drove me nuts over the years well
1: well and it's and it's It's got to be a little more runtime efficient within the browser environment itself, right? Because then it's able to cache those resources across sites. Which is, you know, it's just it's kind of just pushing the boundary of how we think about a CDN. Really, it's it's Uh, moving the ball. It's the
0: next stage. It's the next stage of evolution. Um, The browsers. It used to be, as you know, you you want to download as few files as possible from as few sources as possible, and so minification and 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 uh, combi- combination of files, you know, as few files. No, and I,
1: and yeah. And I, and I do, this is weird for me because I, at one point, I was at like, I was on the bleeding edge of the front end stuff. Now I'm like, yeah. uh, I don't know what's going on anymore.
0: Well, this is, I mean, this feeling. is the thing that's going on. Um, and it's, it's really, um, it's cool. It's cool technology. Um, Thank you for being the, the arbiter of all important knowledge. I appreciate <laughs> that's, well, you know, the condescension if, that if was, I, it was much, much, much welcomed. I mean, if I, if I, you know, if I can't trust you to do a show opening, I'm not sure what I can trust you to do. So you not, know, much, not, much, say, not, not much. I will say not much. <laughs> no, no. So I've been playing with that and uh, that's been, it's been fun to, um, to get back into, uh, get back into a little code. Um, I had to decompile it cause I have some, some code that's running in a, in a, it uses gulp and it does all that traditional mm-hmm. stuff. And I'm trying to put it into this new framework and mm-hmm. it's been a fun, um, mental exercise uh, getting it to uh, getting it to work. So,
1: so this is now this is now one uh like this is one single like manifest file that you would serve correct along with everything else so you've you're ripping out a bunch of dependency declarations and and explicit imports and stuff in favor of the mapping so
0: I get is that rid kind of, of the process? What, well you still have all you still have import and export in your files that you write what you're what you no longer have is a yarn file or a gulp file or a web packer file that says right. okay at build time do yeah. all this crap to push it all together you don't have that yeah. anymore you just have your javascript and it just imports and exports you've replaced mm-hmm. it with this declaration of an import map and it's a really simple here's Which a string the third parties. react it's it's interesting it to, see, to
1: this because now i've seen That's it. like two what probably two full cycles of pushing stuff to the edge and then reconsolidation oh, yeah. mm-hmm. in the in the front end industry it's mm-hmm. interesting to see that play out yeah uh, cuz the front end world changes so much more rapidly than than other areas oh of, the, gosh, of yeah. the business
0: yeah so import maps yeah, cool. is a, is part of uh, ecmascript es6 it's it's part of the 6 standard yeah. um it is mostly supported firefox does not have direct support yet for it but there are shims that will Make it work for you, so it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Firefox is the lone holdout, and I know from my uh, copious research that they are doing it. So it is it is coming soon from them. But the other browsers, Edge and and Chrome, notably uh, natively supported already. Um, and so it doesn't solve the question of okay, do you host it elsewhere? Do you host it on your own? You know, that's that's still that's still yeah. an exercise left to the developer. That's you know, yeah. But you can. It does allow you to rely, I think, much more easily on CDNs, both for development and production. At least it has been for me. It's been really nice, um, especially for some of the CDNs. now they've gotten really sophisticated. There's one that I found I've, there's a whole bunch of them now, but there's one that I found called unpackage, uh, UNPkg. Mm-hmm. And they have <clears throat> uh, they have they all do version tagging, but uh, unpackage will actually allow you in the URL. To, um crap. I forget the name of the term. You know where you you can say um give me the you know give me the latest version give me the latest minor inside of this maximum major version. I forgot oh, you're talking what, Semver. Yeah it's semantic ver it is semantic versioning but um it's version pinning but it's it's pinning a like okay I'm at, I um uh, I pin my URL says give me version 5.1.1, okay? But the latest version is actually 5.3,
1: Okay. Right. So you say like tilde 5.1.1 and it'll give you anything up to, to but not including 5.2.0. Exactly. That, that kind of, yeah yeah, yeah. 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 That I don't, is that is I think that might just be part of the Semver like naming conventions. I don't think that's its own separate thing. I don't think it it ha- I don't it's know.
0: not a, I don't know if there's a declared syntax for it. Cause I know Ruby has one style. But then you
1: get like, and, you get like automatic. But yeah. So like Ruby gems, you can do that. With, Ruby gems uh, can do
0: that. But unpackage does it too for, for JavaScript versions. The other, like the other one's don't.
1: patching for host the third party. That's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so you basically can get the
0: latest version, latest patch version or the latest minor version. It's also a little scary. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. um,
1: A mix of scary and cool. Yeah,
0: I mean, you have to be careful.
1: And uh, I'm thinking of Owen Wilson from Armageddon where he's like,
0: oh, I'm 98%
1: excited and 2% scared or (laughs) maybe I'm 2% excited and 98% scared but that's what makes it so amazing. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Uh, the other, the, the other, um, CDNs, you do an explicit version and it doesn't move unless you yeah, move it, yeah. which unless you of move course it. is the safest thing, but for patch versions, minor versions for certain things, I think you're probably okay. And it's, it's, a, well, and, and with
1: the amount of dependence, your volume yep. lately, like yep. ah, keeping up, just keeping up with the patches, uh, that's a, that's a job. Yeah. I, I mean, you can use uh GitHub. What is that called? Um depend a bot uh you can use a tool like sneak there's a whole there bunch are tools
0: of tools that let you handle this yeah it's still a lot of work it's a pain in the butt it's a huge pain in the butt yeah i mean it's, it's a job in a and lot of, of work itself. yeah it's it's yeah. a job. it's a job in and of itself and the problem is you have to be really careful when you do it you can't just say okay update everything because everything will break if you if you do that yeah. you have you really do have to do it like one at a time which is a which makes it annoying so anyway that's been fun to uh to get back into code i don't know how the heck we ended up on on that one i forget what you were saying you were saying something and i and i like uh, I, don't I, yeah. okay. I don't know yeah okay um oh uh, it was the feed changes with yeah the value feed changes yeah kind of yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and you were doing some code is, and i was thinking yeah. oh i get to do some co- hello fellow students i too like <laughs> to
1: code fellow programmer
0: <laughs> i too own a keyboard <laughs> i um here's an interesting one that i got um and this will actually come back to to proper show uh, content, I promise. So, um, I which is what exactly?
1: Yeah, <laughs> we can't even get the opener to right. It, I mean, come ma-
0: on. <laughs> <laughs> so, I um, I recently upgraded my system. We talked about that about um, a couple months ago. Yeah, you bought a,
1: you bought a new GPU with a computer wrapped I around it. I bought a
0: GPU with a computer wrapped around it, and it also came wrapped with Windows 11, um, right? Microsoft seems incapable of learning their lessons in, in some respects because they have made these dramatic changes to the UI and given no overt way to undo them. So if you were very happy and comfortable with the layout organization and flow of the Windows 10 format, mm-hmm. tough noogies, you're not getting it and you couldn't change it. So they have, for example, they moved, they shifted everything from the the large buttons that showed the uh, an icon plus the na- the title of the app like in the start menu in the start uh, on the taskbar mm-hmm. across the bottom so oh, okay. it used to be it used to be you know a big button with the title of the of the program running well windows right. 11 moved to a much more a very mac obviously mac influence everything is centered and it's just the it's just the icon mm-hmm. um and they group all of the Windows by default as well, but you can't really tell that they're grouped because it went for this really minimalist, sophisticated looking thing. So. Well, those—I
1: mean, that's always been in the taskbar settings. You can do it, but they—well, f- not always, but for a while.
0: Now. Yeah, but they—they they ham-fisted it. Like it's the default, and you can't change it. And you know, tough nookies—you can't—you can't get it back. Oh, um, and I mean, I'm okay with them evolving the UI. The problem I have is you know leaving your customers behind. Like you, if you're going to introduce new stuff, you have to have a pathway for people who you know, want to, if it's a non-breaking change, which for these kinds of UI things, this is non-breaking. Like, it, like whether I have a big button or a small button is, is not going to affect anyone. Um, right. You know, you really need to bring your customers along. Now that's OS versus a web app. So, you know, I mean, your mileage may vary on this advice, but my, my point is, you know, you can't be really you got to be very careful when you're making UI and UX changes. You got to make sure you bring your customers along for the ride and you make sure that they're comfortable with it. Um, And windows like in the betas, you could change it, you could revert it and they got rid of those options and they hard. coded it. So like you could do it and they got rid of it. And I was like, what is this crap? So I went looking for the old bag of douche technique. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, And so uh, I ver- guarantee
1: you. I guarantee you, they had to at some level because there were hooks in there from like Windows ninety eight <laughs> that they had to depend on. And support. they well, were like, "We just," they were like, "Boss, we just can't do this anymore. We got to rip
0: it." <laughs> well, somebody shoved it back in there, whether they wanted it to or not, which is what I was looking for and hoping for. So I finally found somebody who did it. There is an mm-hmm. app called Start All Back, which is just a really a sequence of DLLs with a config interface on top of it. You can put back a Windows 10 looking view. You can put oh, a, okay. a Windows 7 arrow view. You can mm-hmm. change the start menu, the way that it behaves, the way the taskbar behaves. You can change the way the explorer, the bar in explorer behaves. So you get, because they oh. change that too. That's changed over time. So yeah. they they introduced all the functionality that I think honestly should have been there from the start. Mm-hmm. And they allow you to to do it. Um. So very very cool little little program. And it be the 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 key. I think the key takeaway here is, you know, there's no there was no reason for this. There's like it's okay to make a decision and to execute. But if if it doesn't have to be a one way breaking change, why are you making it a one way breaking change? There was no, now I'm sure that there is some kind of business implication. I'm sure some, some executive had their, their hand in, in making the decision. It was unnecessary. If, if a third party app can introduce this functionality, then there's no reason that the native browser, the, the native OS shouldn't support these features. My point is if you have customers that are hacking around you, you have a problem. And it's not the person hacking around your stuff. What you need to do is you need to pay attention to how people are using your thing and respond to that. So if somebody is taking your product and sort of taking it sideways, you might have a pivot opportunity for a market that you're not even touching.
1: Yeah, it's a little, I think it is a little ham-fisted. Like you can can say, okay, let's use, let's let's get rid of the text on the button, icon only, make them big, put them in the middle, let's rip off the turtleneckers over there in Cupertino. That's fine, but I think sure. it's a little ham-fisted to remove the option. Like the option was there to toggle this and now you're just taking the option away when it's been there for now several generations. Mm-hmm. I, like the Steve Gibson from the Security Now podcast, mm-hmm. I don't know if he coined it or not, but he uses the phrase the tyranny of the default. If you make the default big, icon only in the center most people will do that and probably not notice and not care and it's not a big deal but like why take the option away after all this time it seems
0: yeah exactly I, I i mean the the best corollary i could come up with in in our world of not os development but but web apps would be um feature removal you know feature pruning Um, Now, I love me some feature pruning. I love saying no and and making things smaller and simpler and things like that. But there's a right way to do that and there's a wrong way to do that. Um, You really have to look at the utilization and the impact. If it's something that's smaller or is not being utilized as much as you expected or is in some way detracting from the core value loop, then that is something that you really want to look at and seriously consider removing. But you can't
1: tell me, you can't tell me Redmond doesn't have metrics on all this stuff. Oh, They've wired course. this operating system up with so much telemetry, it makes me sick. They know exactly who's mm-hmm. doing what. And I guarantee you there's some guy watching a dashboard in some operations center where the instances of installing whatever this point-click bar thing is you talked about just skyrocketing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. So it's it like they they have that information and they're going this way anyway. For I am assuming branding or you know stylistic, you know trying to trying to push their audience forward, um, but you know I, I Facebook has learned this lesson the hard way. You do you remember uh, would have been twenty ten time frame? Uh, Facebook was mature. It was super popular. It was still growing in popularity. They went through a one or two year period where they made a sequence of very drastic revisions to their UI. Very, very big. Like they, they changed how it looked. They changed what it was doing. And it was part of their evolutionary growth. I'm not faulting them for it. The point is though, the users had a fit over it. Like it was newsworthy that this was happening and the users were frustrated with it. And they did this a bunch of times and there was so much noise about it. You haven't seen it happen in the last... Like the UI as it exists today really hasn't drastically shifted in the Facebook ecosystem for at least a couple of years now. They've made minor improvements and changes, but... It really hasn't. Yeah, moved. but it,
1: it hadn't. It hadn't changed in the five or six, seven years before that point. So it's not like they have a habit of every three months mm. making drastic changes. No, but I, I th- think more to the point, though, that what those what those stories always leave out is that three weeks later, nobody remembers the old way it looked. <laughs> That's so, true. So that people true. get pissed off because they feel a sense of entitlement and ownership over their account, and who moved my cheese? And mm. now mm. all of a sudden it looks Good different. Book. And then three minutes later. They get used to the new design because it was probably a material improvement for the way most people wanted to use the system. And then they sickly use the thing so much that it didn't take long to get used to it. And now they don't know anything different. And so if we want to make another, we just lather, rinse, repeat. Uh, Yeah, I remember there was a period where there seemed to be like a lot of press. Like every six months they did something drastic and people freaked out. And then six minutes later we're talking about
0: yeah, but you know my else. my, the, my point in bringing it up was they were on this kind of churny cadence and then they stopped. And I think that part of the reason they stopped was the you know was the blowback that they were getting from from customers and they've moved to a much more um stable subtle uh, approach. I don't uh, yeah, I don't think it's by accident. I don't have proof that it's by accident.
1: That, that could have been a strategic change where they decided no more big upheavals will be very, right. will be slow and evolutionary towards the approach. Or it could have just been that, hey, now we got it the way we want it. We don't have to piss people off anymore because mm-hmm. now it's what it should be. I don't know. That's, okay. That would be interesting to see. It, it'd be interesting to go back to that time period and hear what was going on in the room. Yeah. Uh, without being in the room. And, yeah. Yeah. And
0: yeah. Only somebody in the room would know that stuff. And that's never the kind of information that, that gets out from things.
1: From <laughs> I, I restarted, uh, as I do every few years, as I think anybody with a technology title should yeah, do. Yeah, I yeah. went back and I started Silicon Valley again uh, <laughs> last week. Nice. Oh, man. Does that just, it's it's a kiss, great
0: show. I, it's a joke, oh, man. It's accurate, too. It's, it's scary accurate in, it's, in it's some ways. Perfect. It it's really perfect. is. I I still love the my the Molo So joke is my my
1: favorite that that episode that that, like that last episode of that first season (laughs) is just and we are truly local mobile social and we're completely so
0: mo low
1: and we're Molo
0: So we're low mo So bro we were so low mo but now we're Molo So it's
1: It's the best episode of the series it's the best episode of the series (laughs) hands down funny. It's so great. It just, it nails everything
0: in the perfect way. Gosh. Um, all right. So before we, before we move ahead though, I did want to, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm calling the pick. So the uh, uh, start all back little app. Start got, all back. Okay. If you've got windows 11, it's a great little pickup. It's, actually very well designed for one of those little hacky kind of programs. It's uh, definitely worth your time if you're using Windows 11 and you miss any of the UI components that were present in Windows 10 or Windows 7.
1: Super augmented, silent, and deadly. I just might end up enjoying this.
0: Oh, there's that. Uh, Let's see. Hiring's down. Everything's down right now I guess. Some hiring is down. Yeah. Uh I have seen I have um uh, uh, close uh, uh coworkers from a from a company I'm I'm familiar with um they just did a, a big round of layoffs they laid mm-hmm. off like 18 or 20% of their of their employees yeah. which was about 100 people. Um and uh my my question to you uh, for the dialogue here is how much of this is the um, the recession that we're facing right now? Because we've had two consecutive quarters of of negative GDP. So that is a- Yes.
1: Now now all of a sudden it's officially a recession as if that right. n- designation I mean, really, you know.
0: No, no, no. I mean, like, yeah, reality is what it is. But I mean, there's yeah. a lot of political gamesmanship around this because, you know, the party that's in no, power- oh, No, uh, no, if, our of course. We no, if, nonsense, I mean, but.
1: yeah, it's like, but, you know, you're- <laughs> you're weak, you're short of breath and your left arm hurts, like call it, what do you want? But it's been, we all know what's going on. Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's my, that's my point. So like things are down. Yeah. Whether, whether we have crossed the threshold or not, things are down. And Mm -hmm. so what I'm trying to figure out and I'm seeing, I'm seeing layoffs and I'm seeing, you know, some hiring slowdown, um, is this, How much of this is just market force, just the recession doing what recessions do? And how much of this is course correction for the stuff that you and I have been tracking now for a little bit, where we had, um, is this more of the COVID pendulum swing? Where we had, so we go into COVID, everything stops, companies aren't hiring, people aren't moving. We move into 21, Companies go, okay, I gotta get back to work. They start hiring again, but nobody's moving. So we end up with this superheated market, tons of roles, nobody's filling them. People start to open up late 21 and now they're moving, but because the supply-demand is all janky, they're getting offers. And you and I have both seen folks personally who have gotten these bonkers offers that are way outside the 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 scheme. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking like an engineer to pull some hypotheticals, just completely out of the you know off the wall here you've got an engineer who's worth say 120 grand you know a couple years experience you know uh going out and finding a position for 200k yeah you know like like just crazy crazy kinds of stuff yeah i have Um, heard
1: i have heard of people i've heard of people you know again you know fairly new in their career getting like 50 percent raises with their right. second job in this environment, and it's I like I, I, I didn't see that personally.
0: There's I've kind never of seen there's kind of increase.
1: There's there's kind of yeah no neither have I that there, there's I wonder. Well, first of all, go get it. Are they still mean, hiring? Yeah, I would, I mean, I would be, like I a fifty percent. Sure. You know. I mean. Um, yeah yeah of course of course uh so so if you are hiring and you want to give me a 50 percent raise please chris at (laughs) tonkinson.com um uh or send us a boost with your value for value enabled new podcast app (laughs) um there it is the super powered (laughs) podcast right there uh yeah i'm gonna be shilling this is cool tech um uh and it took me, Frank. I spent like four minutes implementing it in the feed. It's, it was such. <laughs> it was so hard to do. <laughs> I need. I feel. I need to feel like I'm getting. You know, a return on it. Uh, the other thing is, though, and this has been my position now for nine months, where where the 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 resignations and the shortages and the labor pressure mm. have really impacted me personally as a as a manager. Um, probably about nine months now, uh, bef- you know, as th- that it's hit me. It's like, okay, you know, I I find out that somebody is leaving and it's like, hey, it sounds like you got a great package. Good for you. Go get it. Tell me if they're still hiring, you know, as as a Mm -hmm. joke. But like, but, but
0: kidding, but not really.
1: And you, you, I don't know if maybe we've talked about this already. You can't say this out loud without sounding like you're trying to scare the person into staying. But Hmm. the thought that's in my mind is this is like the, the. The market is out over its skis right now, and Mm -hmm. this is not sustainable these offers are not realistic now certainly right. w- certainly we were we were artificially depressed there for a spell and right. i i don't think it's fair to say that there was no upward adjustment in technology you look at the fundamentals you look at you look at jobs to graduates you look at all these metrics a uh, number of retirees and all these met there are fundamental reasons why people in our industry are making more money than they were three years ago there's all sorts of reasons for that mm-hmm. so there was some correction that was due I think to your point, the pendulum went too far. My fear for these folks is great. You get a new job, you're settled into your sweet new offer with with all of that it entails. I personally, I don't think we've really seen the downturn yet. I think this is a foreshock of the economic distress that we're gonna see. I think things are about to get much worse. And then my fear for these people is great. Now when the new round of layoffs start, you're kind of first. Uh, uh, sorry, you're you're last in. So last I hope in, you're not first out. Last
0: in, first out. Yeah, I, I, I last
1: see. in with the highest, you know, adjusted comp package. Right. I really hope that, <laughs> that you know, legit, like I, you know, I, I, it's I, I. <clears throat> But then who what do I know maybe maybe this is as bad as it gets maybe the fed maybe the fed says we're going to do 75 basis point rate hikes a couple of times maybe the market actually starts to believe that it's going to stay there maybe the fed money printer doesn't go burr maybe things really do <laughs> kind of start to slow down and then the like the ratcheting effect locks in these new talent prices in the market mm-hmm. and maybe those of us who who didn't look for anything different maybe we get stuck you know I don't know um, and I, I wish the best for anybody that just, it, it just got or is going to get a, a great job. Um, I'm kind of worried.
0: Yeah, I, I. So what I think is happening here is I think we're seeing you know some actual market downturn. There is some cooling. Uh, our field has, um, uh, pleasantly. I, I mean, I'm, I, I enjoy it, no doubt about it. Uh, been insulated from a lot of these turns because everything runs on technology, and so these positions are always in demand. Yeah. I have um, I have folks uh, in my network that are bouncing for jobs right now. I have I have one guy in particular I'm thinking of. He is fighting. He has I think three or four different offers fighting for for him. Oh wow! Yeah, like he he didn't even have to try. Um, he's very good at what he does, and so that's why. Yeah. But I mean, the space is. And will continue to be growing like gangbusters. But what I think what I think is happening here is we're gonna see a little bit of a cooling because of the market forces. Of course, that's gonna happen. But what I think is gonna happen, this is my this is my prediction, is that these market forces are gonna be used as an excuse to reset from the overcompensated, over the skis yeah. posture. And so it's some of it's going to be real and some of it's going to be realization that holy crap we we paid this 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 guy who's got 5 years experience what we would have been paying his boss's boss 5 years ago. Yeah. Um and they're going to go, well we can't keep doing this. Oh, there's a recession. Sorry, junior Bobby Tables, like yeah, we we've got to let you go. I'm I'm sorry. And part of yeah. it's because of the recession, but also part of it is we way overpaid for these people. So I think I do think that's going to happen. So, my prediction, if I to be specific, my prediction is you're going to start to see, and you're already seeing a little bit of it, you're going to start to see stories focused in on people who are now being laid off who got a job during what did they call it the the great um, what do they call it the 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 ex the great day. resignation the great resignation brain fart on the term so you're going to see stories about people who are being laid off, who got a new job during the great resignation. That's what you're going to see. And I think you're going to see it before the end of the year. And uh, I think you're already seeing some of it. Now there's some stories that are really hot right now about companies stopping swag. Like that's a, that that, story came across my feed about how companies are cracking down on swag purchases. Um, Yeah. And then there's, and then the other one, Facebook has a big hiring freeze right now. That's, that's been in the news. Um, I think Microsoft has a hiring freeze as well. Um, uh, Zucker- yeah. Zuckerberg was out there shooting his mouth off about you know people you know if you don't work hard you're out or you know some such nonsense. Yeah. Well,
1: look, not a very lizard's gonna trilogy. lizard. You know yeah, what well, do you want? Yeah. I, so I think my yeah, and it's and it's tough because I I it sounds like we're aligned that we haven't seen the worst of this yet. I don't I, I don't I think this is a, for, a preview. This for is a trailer. Those people,
0: yeah, for those um, people specifically. The other thing, not the industry, the other thing more to keep broadly.
1: in mind. I haven't, like, I haven't dug in. You look at Facebook. You look at uh, some of these larger kind of tech companies. I haven't mm. really dug in, and I don't know how much of this is in there will show up in the earnings reports. A lot of their growth percentage wise is not. I'm not saying this as a rule, but uh, at times you see these companies' growth numbers in hiring, and they're growing their technology teams. But there are phases, there are seasons of business where your support staff or your operations staff or your warehouse staff or your call center staff or your analysis staff, non-technical roles at the tech companies in some of these cases make up the majority of the workforce Mm -hmm. and account for the majority of the expansion and contraction when times are good and times are bad. So like the question comes up like, well my golly, Uh, everybody's hiring freezes. Yeah, everybody's freezing hiring. Everybody's laying off. Everybody's canceling internships. Everybody's stopping the swag shipments and all all this kind of stuff. And yet the hiring managers at those same companies still have postings. How is this boy? How are you laying off and hiring at the same time? It's not always evenly distributed. And it's a tech company. That doesn't mean that it's the technologists being laid off. And so I think some of it may be just... Uh, an awareness that like a bunch of these folks could have been non-technical roles. Cause like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at Facebook, they've got like tens of thousands of people doing content moderation. Right. I don't know how many engineers they have, but I know they have more content moderators than developers. Right. And so when you see them freeze hiring or or maybe you see them do layoffs, yeah, sure. You're going to, you're going to use it as an opportunity to prune the, prune the bad apples across the board. Um, but it doesn't mean just because the company's laying off, they're not also still struggling to hire other types of roles. And yeah, I think it's, that's, it's not across I, the board. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's going to be part of the dynamic moving forward. Um, and it's it becomes, it becomes kind of an awkward thing to manage, too.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, you can for, – for that kind of stuff, if you're a company and you're in the position where you want to lay off over here and hire over there – at the same time that's a communication and sunlight's your best sunlight yeah. sunshine's your the best disinfectant you you would be well um uh well advised to just come out and explain say it like, out we're right. seeing a shrink over here and we're seeing a demand over here and that's what it is and that's it the the what drives me nuts about leadership and companies is how much they try to hide the ball like we're like the one like they think they're getting away with it. You're not. Like newsflash, everyone always knows what's going on behind closed doors. Even if you don't, even if you don't know the inner details, you see the actions and the output. You see the results. It's not hard to work backwards from there. Like if you have, for example, I'll give you a really contrived example. You've got a department, and you have a you as an employee see a massive constant churn inside this department underneath of you know the leadership you know a a, 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 certain, a set of roles in a department people come in and they go out a year a less than a year a couple of months yeah. like you know you don't even need to interact to know that the boss in charge there is a toxic piece of crap
1: like he's just a like bad Like there's boss. something wrong. There's something fundamentally, wrong with yeah. how that
0: person is doing their job. It is yeah. obvious to everybody. And so if and you're, you're not talking with, about it, it doesn't mean we don't know it.
1: <laughs> and let's take a breath on that When You can come up with every, and I've heard every excuse in the oh, book for yeah. this. The ultimate answer lies with the manager. It's ultimately a failure of leadership. There is there is no, there, there are a bunch of ways that you can excuse it, a bunch of ways you can rationalize it. It is ultimately a failure of leadership, full stop. Like there's no other, the buck stops there. Um, and I've, you know, I I worked a place where, you know, there were some folks that were let go and uh, the company decided not to like, not to just say, hey, these are the people that aren't here anymore. And it's kind of wrongheaded because yeah. guess what? Everybody knows that Sally's not in the team meeting tomorrow. Everybody mm-hmm. knows that when they try to DM Johnny, uh, his little All of a bubble sudden his is,
0: account is, isn't there right
1: inactive right in in the in oh, the oh, what t- happened? System. I have
0: no idea <laughs> right it's like Come so so
1: so it takes about forty five seconds for the news to travel within the organization about who's not here anymore, and not wanting to just say them out names out loud. I feel like you, it it can only foster. Uh, it can only foster suspicion at best. Yeah. yeah the lack like, of. Okay. So the why won't you tell me? Like, why won't you say it? It's obvious. We know who it is now because we don't see them in the staff meeting. Like, why? Like, what is going on? What are you hiding? What are you not saying? It, it, it can only foster and foment suspicion, best case.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I have yeah. found in. in- it has happened every single time where i have found myself in a personally sensitive situation where you're dealing with something yeah. it can be anything okay whatever it is yeah. you're dealing with a difficult situation i have every time without fail if i have been straightforward and forthright and honest yeah. about here's what's going on and here's why i'm doing it you know here, here's what's going on here's the decision i made here's this here's the here's what i expect to happen if I'm out there with all that stuff, goes great, goes great every single time because the other person you're talking to is a human being with a with a fully yeah. functional prefrontal cortex. They're able yeah. to follow the lines, they the, you know, follow the, the follow the dots that you're connecting. They have
1: eyeballs, they have ear holes. They're not idiots. And so mean, if you if on. you're
0: making a so if you have a common sense, I mean, if, unless you're doing something underhanded, which yeah. <laughs> Guess what? That's I mean, that's you problem. Sometimes it happens. Uh unless that's happening, just be out there and upfront about what's going on. and Most people respect you and appreciate it. even if it's a even if it's a crappy situation, they know that you're making the best of a bad situation. They can most people have enough empathy to be able to put themselves in that position or at least visual, you know, in some sense understand where you're coming from it's when you hide the stuff that's because you're, you're not answering it. And so if I'm not, if you're not telling me that that means if you're not telling me what's going on, that means it's something that you don't want to tell me, which means it's bad. And so I'm going to assume the worst about you and your intentions and your actions.
1: So here's, here's, here's part of how I do things, right? Uh, Because sometimes you got to deliver bad news and sometimes there are things that you can't tell people. And sometimes things just suck and you could cheerlead. You can rah, rah, it don't change the fact that things suck and and mm-hmm. trying to trying to double speak your way around saying out loud that this sucks is only going to do you harm here's here's a couple of things that i do first of all i'm i'm honest with my team i don't lie to my team second of all and i i tell them this routinely that i i strive to be transparent as a leader there are things that i can't share with my team but right. i say and i do share with my team most of the stuff that I can. Most of what I can share, I do. I, I find very little value in keeping things close to the chest. Why would I hide information from the people that I hired to do a good job for me? That's just, that's just backwards. That's stupid thinking. So when a, when a situation comes along and I've got to deliver some bad news, or I know that people are unhappy about a particular uh, circumstance or decision, I may go over to my uh, I may go over to my shelf and uh, find a, a glass with a with a small splash of scotch in it.
0: I sit I <laughs> sit happens in my to chair. Fall into your hand. Yeah.
1: It just happens. No, but I literally like I will I will even if it's just a seltzer. Which by the way today is cranberry lime. Mm. Um, if it's just a seltzer or if, or if it's a if it's a, a small pour of scotch at the end of the day, I schedule it at the end of the day. Uh, I sit down. I will usually recline my chair a click or two right and i literally like this is and it's 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 cra- it's showmanship but it's it's earnest i i want people to understand that i'm here to have just a normal conversation and then i will say if something sucks i will say out loud this sucks i don't i don't use a, a lot of like i don't say the word synergy right i go out of my way <laughs> just to, to use normal human words if i get into something where i'm not allowed to share detail i say hey Uh, there's some more stuff here that unfortunately I just can't share with you, but here's what I can share and here's how I think about it. And here's how I think it impacts you and blah, blah, blah. And I just have the conversation and I just let the questions come. I let people talk. I hear them. And you know what? We're done. Conversations wrapping up. I'm not hearing many more questions. Good. Hang up your keyboard and go home for the day. Mm -hmm. This is like- we're, we're we're a little too stressed out. This is a little too raw. Nobody's gonna be productive. You go be with your family, go for a bike ride, whatever it is you do, I'll see you tomorrow or I'll see you Monday, whatever the case is. I let people go. And then the magical thing happens that the next uh, the next call that comes around, usually people are in a pretty good spot. Right. Right. Because when I was a young manager, I tried the tact of, well, I'm going to keep the cards close to my chest and I'm going to use the right words in the business 101 manual and mm. manager, manager, business, business, business. And, you know, try to be all super f- professional, whatever the heck that means. And. Guess what? People don't actually get the answers that they want. They feel nope. like they're being sold a bill of goods or they feel like you're hiding something from them intentionally. They don't trust you and the issues linger and you, at some point you have, you still have to deal with it. That's not dealing with the issue. That's posturing for its own sake. Um, I, I don't know. I've, I don't know. I don't know what you do in these, in these circumstances, but. Very much that's, like what that's you kind described. That's my approach.
0: No, yeah, like I said, straightforward and honest to the point with as many facts as I can possibly share. And explain. Yeah. Here's what I was think. Here's the here's the situation. Here's what I did. Here's why. Mm-hmm. And if you have questions, happy to talk about it. If you're an open book yeah. about this kind of stuff, people are generally very responsive. Even if they disagree, um, yeah, they're very. They're generally they will. Okay, that's not the way I would have handled it, but you you made the call and you were. Um, you, know, you were upfront and honest about you know, what you did and why and how, and they respect you for it. And so you yeah. actually can walk away looking even better, even even in the midst of a layoff. You know, This goes back to, yeah. this is also when you're dealing with, this is the same thought process that goes into dealing with customers when you have something, when bad crap goes down. Um, yeah. Okay, so here, let's flip this to the engineering side. Let's you know, make, make this something that an engineer can actually use that's not necessarily a manager. Okay, you're responsible for a piece of code. You're responsible for an app. Site, whatever something breaks okay and it breaks badly okay there is a negative impact it could be anything okay yeah. but something happens and you know crap is busted and people are upset okay here's how you play the situation first of all as soon as you find out that something is broken you tell the people who need to know. Do yes. not wait. Don't hide it. Don't, Don't hide wait. it. Don't pause. The faster you tell them, the better you look. Most people think it's the opposite, but it's not. The faster you say something, the better you look. And so and as sleeping, a
1: leader, I would rather hear a hundred times, Hey, we have a problem. And then a few minutes later, oh wait, never mind, false alarm. Then than hear one time, Hey, this happened when? Yesterday. Yeah, that's yeah a
0: thousand to one even exactly exactly so so get right out in front of it and then even if you don't have answers you say that here's what's happening i don't know why yet but i'm working on it i'll get back to you and then you go and work on it and then you keep that person up to date as much as you think is necessary we just had this uh, we ran through an exercise like this with my team recently and i i pulled my i was okay i was because I had been in that seat, I was okay with how we had handled it, but our response mm-hmm. was not ideal. And so I pulled our team aside after it was done, a little bit of post-mortem, and I said to them, you know, when, proper response handling for an outage. You let people know immediately, loud, and often. those That's how you do it, okay? So you're always out in front. Yeah. And you let people know, and then you work on it, and then you just try and fix it, and you just give updates as, as you can. You take whatever feedback you can. And you just own it. And if people are upset, you're like, yes, I understand. Here's, I mean, but I'm working on it and I will keep you posted. And you just kind of let, if, if people are yelling at you, first of all, that's a them problem. That's not a you problem in this case. Yeah. You just let that slide off you. You just got to ignore that and roll on. Um, And you can come away from a negative situation like this looking even better, even if it was your mistake. You, even if you make a very flagrant, dumb mistake, if you own it and respond and react yeah. out front and upfront and honest about it, you can come out looking even better than you did before the mistake. So that's how. You, and it's the same thing, whether it's whether you're addressing an outage or whether you're you know managing a layoff or whatever it is. Like you just yeah, be out there and upfront with it, and people will appreciate that oh. for you. And when you're hiding crap, that's when you get into trouble every time. Every people time, people know. People know. So, I had that actually had that on my talking points list was the response handling thing. So, it was that that fit mm-hmm. in there. Immediate I, I that's how I actually described it. Immediate, loud, often. That's how you handle yeah. resp- that that is outage response handling. That's how you do it. Whatever that looks like for your situation. Immediate, loud and often. It's not over until the other person says so. Until then you just keep working on it and keep going. So,
1: yeah, I will say there there if like let's say there's an outage, right, or something, there are off the top of my head, there are kind of three classes of response. Two are right and one is wrong. The the right response is thanks for letting me know. We will look into it right now. I will get back to you as soon as possible with expectations. Right? Mm-hmm. Your your customer came to you with a problem, you acknowledge it, you get right on it, and you promise them that you're gonna get back early and often, right? The the writer response is to say. We know this is happening. There's a communication going out presently. We're already working on it, right? If you can get ahead of things, if you know, because you have monitoring in place, whatever the, if you know the issue before people start reaching out and you can be proactive, which is your point early, right? Mm -hmm. Before people notice is the best time to identify a problem. That's even better. The wrong class of response is nothing. (laughs) The yes. wrong class of response is to ignore it. I'm. I'm. T- look. Do you want me to talk to you, or do you want me to go fix the problem? Uh, right. That's. Oh. You're, you're, oh, 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 oh you don't, know. This don't is not. Say that to me. Uh, right. Um. And so, or or nothing, and just silently fix it and ignore the whole thing as if you'd never, as if they'd never called you. And and mm. ne- what what do you mean? It's. I don't look. Reloaded. It. It's working for me. And pretend it, This is not. Don't do this. Don't do that. <laughs> there be dragons, my friend. Oh, man.
0: Because if you get caught yeah. doing that, that's even worse. That looks like you're covering yeah. up. And that goes back to what aren't you telling me? Why didn't you tell yeah. me? And then and they assume the worst. Even if you had people, good intentions, you still come out looking terrible.
1: I think, I think it's a metric of trust and culture, how, how often and how open people are with their mistakes with you. And the weird oh, thing sure. is, like as, a, as a boss, A, I'm not upset if, like, I'm not upset if somebody makes a mistake. Because A, I've probably made worse and B, <laughs> I know I have <laughs> and and B, what at the end of this, like, let's solve the issue. I know you're not going to make that mistake again. <laughs> uh huh. Right. Exactly. Because when I've made mistakes in the past that caused people grief, I'm super sensitive not to do that ever again because I <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just feel bad. And because I trust the people I work with to be decent humans, I know that they feel the same way. And so. um yeah, I don't know. It's 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 weird. There's all sorts of like weird fear and anxiety. That it's like just say it. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, all right, we got ten minutes left. I have uh, I have a I have a random grab bag that I can slap you in the face with. But uh, I think you had some stuff as well. Anything you want to squeeze in here?
1: Uh, well, we got a little bit of feedback. We got a, we got a question. Uh, All right, cool. We got Let's a question. Go uh, this is, again, friend of the show, Dave. Shout out to Dave. Dave nice, is awesome. Dave. I want everybody else to be more like Dave and send us feedback. Uh, Dave, Dave asks, what are the obvious signs of teams that think they are agile, but clearly still do not understand it?
0: <laughs>
1: what are the obvious signs obvious of teams signs. that think they're agile, but clearly still do not understand it?
0: So we've got a situation where somebody is acting, you know, they they, they say agile, but it doesn't quite feel that way. What's actually going on here?
1: Like, maybe they're maybe they're walking the walk and not talking the talk. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, well, they're talking the talk and not walking the walk.
1: Or, I think uh, yeah, that. I got that
0: backwards. Yeah. But yeah, I, you're you're yes. Um, yeah. Okay, let's see. Um, well, I think one of the most Obvious ways is the I mean you can just look at the the cadence of of things generally. How often are you releasing? Um how how often are you um uh getting work done on a given feature without getting derailed? Uh is your team constantly firefighting? Um you know, uh do you have a do you have a roadmap? Um, you know, there's just some some hygiene things that you can look at that I I think are indications. Um, I think the most common trap that a lot of these companies fall into is that they say that they're going to be agile and then they continue to proceed with a a very waterfall driven style mm-hmm. because yeah. and it's a natural trap because agile actually is waterfall it's just broken into a smaller waterfall it's 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 a it's a it's a smaller piece and you it's, so instead of having one giant waterfall agile is lots of little waterfalls and so it's very natural. Okay. Oh, this is agile, and I'm oh well. Like, why why would I think down here at this little step? Let's think about the whole thing out here. And so, it's a natural way for I, I think a lot of companies and well, a lot of teams can screw that up if they don't have the um, uh, past experience with it. So um, that to me would be uh, that would be an indicator, and then also executive corporate influence and oversight, and you know, direct involvement um, mm-hmm. if the team is not if the team doesn't have sufficient autonomy, I think that would be uh, another big problem. Like if, a, you know, any random business executive or, you know, C level can come in and just completely flip the table over and start a new, that's usually a sign that things are, are not aligned either. So that's the yeah. stuff that jumps out for me. What about you? Uh,
1: to me, I think that, I think the obvious, the obvious to, for me, where I sit is, is all about releases. And you kind of mentioned that like, like, uh, I think the cadence of releases, and what I mean by that is kind of kind of two things. One would be the frequency: how often are you releasing? Yeah. And number two is the regularity of time between releases. So mm-hmm. if I look at a team and I see a release every other Tuesday night consistently, mm-hmm. I'm going to assume that team's fairly agile, right? As just a not a, not as a as a root measure of agility, but as it, as a uh, as an outward litmus test. Um, Litmus test. I'm gonna I'm gonna predict that they are reasonably agile. Um, if I see a team who releases in June and then not again till August, and then four times in September and once in October and not again till February, this is probably not a very agile team. Mm-hmm. Is is again sort of an outward like indicator of of agility. Um, because what what goes into those decisions to wait five months between a release? You've got some really big Uber thing you're building and you're not going to release it until it's done, which means you think you know all of what you need to know up front. And sometimes you have a feature that's in development for five months. It's not that that's that's wrong, but is anything else getting released in the meantime? Right. And so that's that's why I think uh, for me, frequency and regularity of releases. And that's kind of in line with the first thing that you said. To me, that's the big one because everything else. Yeah, it's like. Waterfall all the way down, um, and like the meetings and stuff like that. Maybe there's a corollary for the types of meetings. I don't know. It's but ultimately, uh, what do we we care about shipping? That's what matters. Ideas yeah. and meetings and methodologies and and posturing and job title. All none of this matters. What matters is shipping. And so that's kind of where I think that's kind of where I think you're gonna see the most obvious. Cause I mean, he's asking, Dave's asking like, uh, what are the obvious signs to me? It's all about releases.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um,
1: yeah,
0: yeah good question. Thanks again, Dave. Always, yeah. uh, always appreciate that. And the rest uh, of you slugs be more like Dave. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, ah, uh, I really want to do this now, but we only got a few minutes left. So I think I'm going to hold it. Um, I, I, do, I, I will, I will cue you up though. NFTs. I, I don't know man i'm feeling kind of bearish on the nfts i keep hearing keep hearing negatives, uh you want to neg- rehash
1: oh we'll, we'll do it we'll I, rehash uh, yeah NFTs. i will uh, so let's I'll, do I'll, it man i
0: have some stuff i'll bring next week that uh yeah the uh yeah nfts aren't going very well and i'm 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 starting to get concerned that the the stigma getting attached to the technology is actually going to be detrimental to its to its uptake in what you see as a you know Ooh. it's it's full potential like i, I really uh, do think people are moving yeah that's a so. that's
1: a that's a hell of a teaser because i mm-hmm. wish we had like two more hours two here. hours to talk about
0: it yeah, yeah.
1: so well, anyway man. so
0: that's, that's uh, we'll, we'll come back well if that. you
1: have thoughts on on team agility or nfts uh feel free to hit us up uh feedback at Work. you can send us an email or you can uh, use your voice recorder and email us that we'll play it on the show. You can find all of our catalog archive back episodes, recommendations, show notes at refactored. Dot work. Um, we may, by the way, uh, there may be a, a week or two skip again in August, uh, as there's some, some travel planned, I think between, yeah, uh, we got Frank some movies Yeah, a little, yeah bit of, a
0: little bit of disruption here. There might be the a summer. week or two.
1: Yeah. There might be a week or two gap. Um, Frank's online. I don't know if you knew this or not. Frank's online at mm. com, and I'm online at tonkinson.com. Best I can tell, and I think I'm getting it right this time. I have it noted. I have it written down. This is episode 77 of the Refactored Podcast, <laughs> recorded August 5th, 2022. Thanks, yes.
0: Frank. And it is the right podcast. However, I was supposed to do the exit because you did the entrance. <laughs> oh my did I Are you kidding me? Nah, Get, no, and you're gonna you're gonna is, live with this and one I gotta, too. You're gonna live uh, on this, both ends of this. This is just the memorialize delightful. it. i I've, I've, i this is the uh, best entrance and exit I, I've ever this. had,
1: as far as I've And concerned. you are and I know no, you, I you are gonna publish all no, of this.
0: No, I'm 100 percent publishing this. Yes, this is oh fantastic. Gosh. Yes. I. I <laughs>
1: I'm going to go I'm going to go eat brunch. You need to go take one so of much scotches. egg on my face. You need to have a scotch.
0: You definitely oh need to goodness. have that scotch. <laughs> <laughs> what a